And this is the Talkative Laotian Podcast. Welcome everyone to episode three of the podcast. And today we are both back. Yes, I will say hello. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm back. How is it? (laughs) Have you been for the past few weeks? Um, I got a lot of homework to catch up on. Not the homework. Yeah, but it's okay. It's all good. It's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Did you enjoy the snow? Oh, yeah, I did get snow. That was was fun. It was. Because I slipped. I didn't. I don't think I sent you the video. (gasps) You have a video of you slipping. I do. It's an accident. I wasn't, like, planning to slip. It just happened immediately after I started recording. Anyway. (laughs) I know, but it looks looks too convenient. The video is, like, five seconds long. Gotcha, gotcha. It's, like, yeah, it's a setup. Don't worry, don't it's worry. Not, I, I, I'll tell up. people that it was a setup. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not sending you the video. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, what did you do today? Um, I just got back to my apartment, and now you're here. Yay! Yeah, you told me that the volleyball schedule kind of like changed. Yeah, so I had volleyball practice earlier today, and it was actually supposed to be from three to nine, but I think they had intramural um going on for other clubs so they had to cut our time down to 12 to 4 so that's why i had to like push back recording everything (laughs) i was surprised not because i just didn't know that you played sports i didn't either (laughs) i honestly (laughs) didn't either (laughs) i'm not like a big sports person like growing up but volleyball was just really cool to me what about you uh i didn't grow up playing sports actually no sports? No. Because my parents didn't want me to. Really? Sports. I remember asking them if I could join, like, some sports team. I think it was soccer. And and they were, like, completely against the idea. That's, I'm surprised that you were able to escape the Laotian, like, kids' soccer experience. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't know that that was, a, like, a stereotype in the Laotian community because... Um, me and Amy, mm-hmm. we had each other and she wasn't allowed to do sports mm-hmm. either. And our parents had the same reason. Her parents and my parents said that it's expensive, which is true. Mm-hmm. And they aren't dependable enough to like pick us up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But instead of like just saying that outright, they would just say, I don't need it. And that was like the end of the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. So as a kid, I was just kind of like bitter about that. Not anymore. Like, I don't like sports, but (laughs) at least, like, give yourself some freedom to express yourself, like, as a kid, you know? Yeah. It wasn't fair because, and I was really, like, my self-esteem was really bad. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe if I could make friends by playing sports, but also being active, it would be nice. I remember as a kid um being like you know kind of chunky right whatever that's what you do as a kid you get chunky (laughs) um specifically i remember somebody being like i joined the soccer team and now i'm a size zero (sighs) and this was someone that i kind of played with as Mm -hmm. a kid and i was like dang that's all it takes 
I was kind of vain, but yeah. like I couldn't help but be kind of vain. I was always compared to other kids. This is not really like our fault either, because a lot of times that our parents would compare us to other like kids, especially like um, yeah. not only like academics wise, but also beauty types and just body wise. We were always constantly being compared to other people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we at least have that experience the same. But with soccer, though, I feel like. Me and my brother, um, we've had like different experiences growing up with sports mm-hmm. for our family. Every single child had to go through soccer. Really? They were all forced into the soccer like uh, games and soccer practice with the YMCA, which is, <laughs> I know, like it, it's just like every single time, like we have a new addition to the family and it's like, you know, oh, kids, we're just like, okay, they're going to play soccer when they're four, six oh, years That's old. Funny. And it's already predetermined when you're born. Like, <laughs> you're going to play soccer. But it's so funny, though, because it rarely ever sticks to the kid. They usually just drop it after turning, like, a year later or something. Yeah. yeah. No one, like, actually, like, keeps interest with soccer. It's just their parents wanting them to just yeah, play it. Exactly. Which is really weird. It did the opposite effect. Like, it made me not like sports. Uh, <laughs> I, I think most people don't actually like sports. Yeah. But because <laughs> I ended up not even caring about sports later on in life. Yeah, that's fair. They always yelled at me for not being aggressive enough. <laughs> like in soccer? Yeah, they were all like, go after the ball. It's not going to bite you. Go get it. Oh, I don't want to. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. With the whole soccer thing, I feel like my parents kind of wanted me to get in there because... They thought that I was, like, too chubby. Really? Yeah, so they're like, oh, it's better if you get active. So they would put me into these different programs and games and stuff. But but that would be it. They wouldn't (laughs) monitor, like, my food intake or anything, which is, you know, majority of it comes from what you eat. And so they were just like, oh, as long as you're active, you're okay. And I'm like, okay. But then I would, like, after practice, I'd go McDonald's. So it, like, literally did not help. That's true. Mm -hmm. It is, like... It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. as long as they could insert you in that program. Mm-hmm. But like, wait, like, how old were you? Honestly, I think I was like 11, less than 11, like Bro, 10, 9 in the area. puberty. I know, of like, I was so little. little. I was so little, like, I haven't even, like, gotten there. I think, honestly, I was probably a little bit younger, too. That's crazy. Yeah, my brother was, um, he was... Not on the same team as me, but we played soccer around the same time. <laughs> he played too? Yeah, and it was so funny because our parents would go watch us and oh. we, of course, their team would lose because <laughs> we were yeah, the greatest players. Exactly. We were kids. And they would always yell, like, be more aggressive. Come on, Marley, go after the ball. I'm like, I don't want to. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting. It, it's like, okay, it's like two different parts, right? There's that one part where. They made you do sports, even though that wasn't something that you brought up to them Mm -hmm. first. But they also watched you, at least. Like, they came to your games. Like, I know that there there were times where my parents just were not there. Mm -hmm. It's still, like, a nice memory to have had. Yeah. At the soccer games, or? Yeah, for you and your soccer games. I, I don't know if it's a nice memory for you. Maybe it's more like you just knew you were being forced to do it. Did I you, think so. <laughs> did you, like, at the time think about maybe you were forced to do it because of your weight? Um, honestly, I don't think I was old enough to have a firm thought like that. <laughs> I, like, I just know, like, my parents, they would always be nitpicky about my weight growing up, but 
I didn't know if um if it, they put me into soccer because of that or they just every kid that grows up um in my like family traditional wise we had to go play soccer <laughs> there's not been a a case or a generation that skipped that in our family <laughs> everyone had to play soccer <laughs> it's like a family tree mm-hmm. exactly okay yeah uh, I guess that's just something that occurred to you later. Mm-hmm. For them, after you analyzed that situation, you felt like they were hitting two birds with one stone. Basically, uh, in my opinion, I think they uh, they were trying to just get me up and active as a kid, but I just didn't, never understood it. And I don't think soccer was a good one for me. I think it was just honestly not fun. <laughs> yeah, sounds... It sounds crazy because of the drills. Yeah. I don't like that. But volleyball is right up my alley. I think I have, like, such better time with that. I don't know. It's just it's just more fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've noticed that that's what you like to play. Mm, it feels a lot better being up in college and being able to make choices of your own like this. Um, and I, like, had to recently tell my parents, like, hey, I actually joined, like, a um, volleyball intramural club. You know, oh, stuff wow. like that instead of them saying, like, you need to go play this, you need to go do this, and then you do that. You know, it just feels nice making my own choices, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, my, I actually don't relay information like that to my parents. Fair, fair. <laughs> so, I feel like you're kind of, like, flexing. My bad, I'm so sorry. <laughs> flexing on your parents, like, yeah, guess what I did. Yeah, I played volleyball today. <laughs> I'm a volleyball player. Yeah. <laughs> but like the ultimate um the ultimate enemy nemesis to soccer. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> coming out to your parents. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, but speaking of uh I guess childhood experiences, like childhood milestones within like the community, have you ever gotten like taken to someone's <laughs> house to practice pageant dancing before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that 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 is related because it was another thing that if your parents kind of like wanted you to do it they would just force you to yeah. do it. Yeah. I actually remember being so upset. My experience like being driven to some lady's house to like fawn mm-hmm. or like learn dances. I I hated it. You hated it? I did. Mm-hmm. I I cried like the experience because because I felt so left out. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a kid I just looked so different from everyone else on the pageant. And I was like, I'm just here to, I'm basically just filler. They just yeah. needed more numbers to do the dances, but I'm not going to win anything. Yeah, they, um, one thing that I noticed is they, they tend to find the people who don't fit the beauty pageant standards last as like emergency. So if they don't, they don't hit their um, quota basically with the number of um, performers. Performers, basically, they would pull on people um, that, they wouldn't necessarily want, and I was, <laughs> I was one of them. They, uh, they wanted the people that they wanted mostly were people with um, lighter skin complexions. You Dude, know? Yeah. yeah, lighter skin complexion, skinnier, slimmer, a little bit taller, or just like like pretty. In the yeah, face, just pretty in know? the face, like smile wise. Their eyes have to be pretty. Yeah. Like their hands too. One thing with hands, 
I have really like short stubby like fingers and yeah. everything, but they wanted someone with longer fingers and that have a really nice bend at the like end. The curve. Yeah, yeah, the curve. And like I remember go when I was little, I would take my hand and I would just press it back Ooh. until like I had the curve in it. So now the reason why I have the curve in it now because I did that so much when I was younger. No. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I have to have the curve in my fingers when I um when I font. Like if I don't, then I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, yeah, because like in that situation, you're kind of just like, well, the least I can do is be a good dancer. If I'm mm-hmm. not good looking, if I'm if I'm not impressive, I can at least be a good dancer. Mm-hmm. They um, I was often like, I don't know, the ladies who were in charge of teaching the dances and monitoring like how the kids are doing. I feel like they're so mean sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I remember getting yelled at all the time when I was younger because I didn't do the dance correctly. My fingers weren't curved enough or they were just like. I would be like following the the dancer on the TV while yeah. they're like, no, you have to go lower. Like you're not doing it right. I'm like, okay, I'm uh, trying. Yeah, like, first of all, we had to watch a TV. Mm-hmm. They weren't the ones like directing us yeah. themselves. It was like they turned on the TV. They had us information and just watched us fail miserably. Exactly, exactly. I always got like super insecure when I got to performing or practicing in front of them because not only would they attack like your skills so they would attack your appearance a lot and this is like oh, smile more smile smile like don't smile like that that's ugly yeah <laughs> they would exactly. always like i would try to smile they're like oh don't smile like that you're not smiling like you know pretty enough I'm like, what yeah. does that mean smiling I, pretty yeah exactly i didn't even know how to like smile my self-esteem even as a kid was not very high mm-hmm. And and so I rarely smiled and it was even more awkward if you asked me to smile for a picture. So like, I was like, how do you smile? I actually didn't like my smile. So I, there was like a girl on the pageant team that was also practicing with us, not even from Kings Mountain. I think they were trying to find pretty girls like mm-hmm. very nearby because yeah. she was really pretty. Her smile was like so natural, so perfect. And I was like, how is she doing that? Yeah. They always stare at it. It's just, they would always, like, I noticed that they would, if they couldn't find anyone in the community that fit their standard, they would always go outside. <laughs> yeah. And it was always Charlotte or, like, Spartanburg. And yeah. And they would just be like, oh, we brought in these girls from Charlotte Spartanburg, and they would be the one that won Nung Sung Khan. Yeah. And they just wouldn't care about the rest of the girls because they would focus on the Nung Sung Khan, like, winner, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was just very interesting growing up with that. I think, um... That kind of, you know, bridges over to the topics that we were supposed to talk about today. So one of them, of course, beauty standard wise with the pageants, you had to have fair skin um, or somewhat fair skin. I don't know if you did this growing up, but me, I became obsessed with like having fair skin because that's just what we were exposed to a lot growing mm. up. Um, they would say that we got too dark, maybe mostly in the summertime. Yeah. So I would tend to wear, uh, long sleeves and a lot of sunscreen because I was terrified that my skin would get darker and I wouldn't be quote unquote pretty enough, um, in our community, in our culture. And I remember seeing, like looking at YouTube videos on how to brighten up skin, how to light skin. And even as a 13 year old, like Mm -hmm. younger, older, around that age, 
I was using kojic acid soap. Have you ever heard of that? No. So the kojic acid soap, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, is a soap that is used to basically lighten your skin color. But um, it's used like for like darker spotted areas. And it's just an overall like body exfoliator just so your skin will be a little bit lighter. And I use that soap religiously just because I really wanted to have fair skin but they would always say that like you know if the fair the skin like not even like if you watch tyler Khan actors um like lao actors lao yeah. singers they all had really fair skin and yeah. i i think most of this is um the attitude towards skin color is due to colorism oh yeah first. absolutely um yeah. i i kind of dealt with that as a kid like i didn't go as far as being religious about it mm-hmm. at some point i just gave up because i was like this is just my natural skin color mm-hmm. my dad is pretty dark skinned mm-hmm. for <laughs> southeast asian man. yeah and i think i just got his skin tone i did get ridiculed i remember very specifically that they would put makeup on me that was much much yeah. lighter because i had such dark skin they would always comment on my darker mm-hmm. skin. Even though I don't really feel that much darker, I think my undertones just make it look so. Mm-hmm. But like, I kind of just accepted that I was, quote, ugly. You know, as a as a teen, you take it really personally. Mm-hmm. And being a part of like the East Asian community, you know, like watching anime or listening to K-pop, you notice that beauty standard so, so quickly, mm-hmm. so quickly. It permeates so much of Asian beauty standard of just being fair skin and thin and long legs. It's it is colorism, mm-hmm. <laughs> like hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. And like every single time, it's weird though because with Southeast Asians, they're not necessarily like if you think of Southeast Asian. Of course, they're not like a um, a. There's not a monotype of. Yeah. what southeast asian is but they're typically darker skin than yeah like east asians yes. or um it's just i think a lot of times it's a comparison there's two different reasonings not necessarily like it makes it you know justifiable but there's two reasons that they use is that um they want to fit more of the eastern side of asia a lot of people think mm-hmm. that fair skin comes from china japan uh, even Korea, so they yep. would try to replicate a lot of, especially you notice with Thai actors. Oh, Thai don't get me started. Actors, don't get me started. Yeah, all Thai Lacan actors, they tend to have, pick people who are mixed. Yeah, so it has exactly. to be a Thai with European, Thai with Chinese, Thai with Japanese, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a Thai with Korean. It's just because when they they believe that if they're the actors are mixed they will have like lighter skin complexions yeah and they're always always having lighter skin complexions. yeah Mm -hmm. and they're therefore more marketable yeah and it's it's crazy though and another one they i heard growing up was like the reason why people like fairer skin is because fairer skin equals um more wealth because they said that yes wealth status so if you had darker skin, that meant that your family was in the rice fields working, yeah. you know, and the people who had fair skins were royalty because they didn't have to go outside the sun yeah. and work. Both of those um, examples aren't justifiable in any way. Colorism is colorism. There's no working your way behind it. Yeah. Um, I just think that the pressures growing up were so, like, <laughs> overbearing. Overbearing. Yeah, they were just too overbearing. Everywhere. Yeah, for especially for like young kids who oh, yeah. don't necessarily understand like because 
it's just it's so colorism is just so outdated um i just I think it's way too outdated because your wealth status is not going to matter like if you're royalty and you're or you're working out in the field especially living in america you don't have that how do you say indicator yeah exactly um your skin tone isn't an indicator of your class or wealth yeah and as true as that is it's also like something that needs to be upheld, which mm-hmm. is why that beauty standard is still prevalent. Mm-hmm. Because like when you were talking about the rice fields or coming from a family of wealth that stayed inside and therefore had fair skin, that's that's just like classism. Mm-hmm. Colorism is just classism. And um, it's it's upheld in the East as well as the West. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, yeah, we would see, like, the Tyler Khan. You, you just grow up around fair-skinned people. Yeah. And you're just like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, it's just like, am I supposed to look like that? Yes. Like, I don't, because my skin's definitely not that colored. Like, even when using the the skin lightening soap, I never reached the color that they presented. But <laughs> That's you, Photoshop. Yeah, it's all Photoshop. And yeah. I would literally be watching, um, so, you know, our cable is connected to the, the Thai, like, mm-hmm. channels. Um, and so we would be watching it with with my grandma and every single time you would um the commercial would hit it's always skin lightening serum yeah. skin lightening soaps skin lightening lotion and it would be actors who were mixed so it's genetic you yeah know, that they're like yeah you exactly. they grew up with that skin <laughs> color advertising <laughs> yeah, exactly oh, it's so evil i know and it's just it's it's really like hard to fight against because not many people understand like why they would yeah. want this and they they try to justify it as a beauty standard. It's like, oh, that's, you know, that's just a preference of how people, they keep saying it's just a preference, but these preferences are, you know, not, shallow. they're shallow and they can be even racist, like to exactly. like other like racist and ethnicities that don't have fair skin. Yes. Um, they're self-hating. Yeah. We're Southeast like, Asian. It's self-hating to be like, you're so dark. Yeah. We're supposed to be. We live like near the equator. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And not only that, okay, why do we have darker skin in comparison to maybe like our immigrant parents? It's because we're from America. Mm-hmm. And, and like darker skin here is not as much of a stigma over there mm-hmm. it's it's just they're passing like they brought this i guess this um standard with them which yeah. we did not you know we did not want exactly in the first yeah. place but of course with like lighter skin and everything comes the other beauty standards that they have and i think a big one for me growing up was Wait. <laughs> oh, yo, same. <laughs> I still struggle with that too. Mm-hmm. I I think now I'm at an age where I understand that it's you know my body. I can choose what I can do with it, and if if I am going to lose weight, it will be for me, and yes. it will be for my health rather than my appearance. And so, growing up, I always had this. Just not only like family members, but friends too, and other like strangers, people who I don't even know, but are in community. They always have to make comments about like, you know, your kid's kind of, you know, your kid's kind of chunky. <laughs> yeah. A little chalky and chunky. <laughs> and they always had to make comments. And I, one thing that made me so insecure and it was so traumatic was every single time we would do Nansankan, the pageants, mm-hmm. it would be dressed fitting or dress rehearsal Oof. and they would have True. to look through everything oh she can't fit this oh, oh my God. don't wear this because you look big in it and it would just be the most 
embarrassing like traumatic experiences yes. but it was fine for people who were already like you know skinnier than their whole life skinny yeah. and thin their whole life exactly and even people who were skinny like or you know thin in american standards yeah. weren't skinny in laotian american standards True. so they would literally be like oh if you lost a little bit of weight you could fit in this bible that, that's so weird yeah and I was like but they're already like you know they're already skinny like they're already thin just give mm. them like you're not supposed to your clothes aren't supposed to how do you say you're not supposed to work to fit your clothes your clothes are supposed to fit you exactly you know? yes um, so they would always try to get us to be like oh don't eat um oh, this, yeah yes. they would always tell like don't eat don't eat don't until eat. blah 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 and i was yeah. like don't tell me what to do <laughs> it was so yeah that that shit is heartbreaking mm -hmm. that because oh my gosh i i you're giving me so many like flashbacks <laughs> because because um what ended up happening and i think it's because my mom felt a little bad for me is um we would get like one of the dresses or the skirts and she would just sew it so that it would actually fit me. Yeah, they would do that to me too. And they would use um, safety pins to yes. try to put them together because it wouldn't reach the clips. And it would be like, they'd be like, oh, she's not wearing like, even if it looked okay, they would see that it wasn't clipped in all the way. And then they would, you know, try to disrespect me and just be like, oh, it doesn't look right. Your, your yeah. scent is not like, you know, it's not clipped on right you can't wear this blah blah like you're too big to wear this and it what? was it was just so um i don't know it's so frustrating and they would always complain they didn't have enough girls for the pageant every single year and i'm like well I wonder why because <laughs> you guys didn't make a very welcoming environment. environment for these like girls to go into the pageants with but yeah it was always a struggle with like nonsense con every single year um but at the same time i like i somewhat enjoy the experiences it's just that the people who were <laughs> yeah. training them and or training us and just setting up the event weren't exactly nice. <laughs> they were professional. Mm -hmm. Even they didn't know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, especially in recent years, you can just tell. Yeah, they uh, they don't try to hide any of their um, toxic like Behavior, behaviors. No. A lot of things. This was the one that I noticed recently, and it's so so apparent in laotian communities and i really want to touch on this topic and this is going to be somewhat controversial because i'm hitting at um oh, you know wow. things that are within our communities but they need to be changed of course of course yeah. um one thing that i noticed is the the how do you say the attitudes towards children who are mixed and aren't full laotian but the attitudes are different between the races or ethnicities they are mixed with. Yes. Yeah. So when you have a Laotian person who's mixed with a white person, so they're, you know, their mm -hmm. mom or dad is Laotian, they're, um, and the other one's white, they somewhat are treated better, but they're still seen as mixed yeah so it's a really weird hierarchy like or just a pyramid of treatment yeah they're i think they're accepted a lot better you think so too yeah because they're lighter <laughs> yeah but but only they're only accepted if they also speak loud one thing is that if they're mixed with other races like let's say other asian ethnicities like uh chinese or they're mixed with korean or anything like that they 
it's kind of a hit or miss like attitude towards them. Sometimes the Laotian people would be, you know, accepting of them as long as they choose their Laotian heritage. So if they don't yeah. accept their like Laotian culture, they're probably going to be like, you know, side eyed or looked past by like the Laotian community. <laughs> it's just so hard to even if you're fully Laotian, but you're not attached to your culture, like you can't speak the language, you can't understand the language or you don't attend this or do that then they will shut you out of the community, which is so toxic and so not what we're for. Yeah, because it's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. If if you wanted them to be a part of the Laotian community, you would embrace them. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of them that probably actually want to learn more, but they're just so intimidating, especially to the mixed kids. Mm-hmm. Mixed kids, the only thing they can get out of being like ocean is probably like eating the food if their parents cook it mm-hmm. so a lot of the fault was given to the kids if they don't know how to speak the language or if they don't understand the language but it's not necessarily their fault if the parents yeah. weren't there to teach them in the first place exactly so, um, yeah. a lot of times the kids would be the ones or the families in general would be like shunned away if their kid wasn't passed down with mm-hmm. the soleil ocean um like knowledge of the culture and the language and that is not something that I would like to see the community turn into. I feel like in order for it to be more open and more accepting of people who are Laotian but aren't attached to the culture, you just need to have the attitude that you want people to learn. Not that if they don't know this, then they aren't fully Laotian. I feel like that's a yeah. it's it's a bad way to get people into like learning more about our culture. So, exactly your own community exactly mm-hmm. then how can you be so like enthusiastic when a fully white person or american person is like oh like what are you where are you from mm-hmm. and then when your child asks you you're like how do you not know it i wasn't mm-hmm. born with the knowledge mm-hmm. you know i grow up i have kids asking me like where are you from i can barely answer them mm-hmm. i would just say i'm from laos mm-hmm. somewhere in southeast asia near vietnam mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to that too, it's, they would, my parents would look up videos or not my parents, my family members or, you know, outside people in the community, they would often share videos of like Kung Kao people or, you know, Kung Kao people. Like they, uh, like they would share videos of people who weren't Lao speaking Lao. What was that for? And they would attack. It is because they were just like, oh, this person can speak Lao. How come you can't speak Lao? You are Lao. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't teach me. Yeah, I was like, I literally was never taught how to speak it. Like, I know, like, you know, we grew up with two languages, basically. So, yeah, if you didn't present it to us when we were younger, it's really hard to stick with us now. Oh, yeah. Um, The first hint is like in our name. Mm -hmm. Like, my name is... Ariana. Uh-huh. My brother's name is Andy Sean. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have a Laotian name. Mm-hmm. And it's because the reason they chose those names for us is so we could fit in with America. Mm-hmm. And now we're, and now we, you know, are blamed for that, for their choice to want us to fit in. It's our fault for now being American. Yeah. Being, you know, dark skinned or not speaking the language. 
It's just, and also they would, if you didn't, I didn't have a law name growing up either. My name is just Myla. They didn't even have a middle name. Yeah. Um, exactly. But they would give yeah, us nicknames either. though. And these nicknames, I'm about to tell you, Itui, like they would that always, was your nickname? they always call me that. Yes. They would always call me Itui. They call me it now, which for people who don't speak loud, that just usually means like, um, how do we, how do you say E like? E is, it's, it's, it's like informal and it can be derogatory. It was to me. Yeah, it depends on the context, yeah. right? And for to them, it's endearing when they say E. It's yeah. it's referring to a female. Yeah. So E Itui is like chubby, person. chubby, yeah. chubby girl. Yeah, chubby girl. They would always call me Itui like all the time. They're like Itui, money, and I'm like, no, I'm not. That That's name not my name. Myla. Exactly. Like I have a name for a reason. Yeah. But they would always give me nicknames. Did you ever have a nickname growing up, like Lali name? Nope. My dad. Oh. My dad is a redneck. <laughs> My dad is a redneck Laotian. If okay, oh my goodness, we were talking about dark skin and and everything. My mom, she's all for you know fair skin. She even showed me products to mm-hmm. use when it came to Nang Khan. But my dad would always be the one that's like, "I like your skin. Your skin mm-hmm. is fine the way it is." Yeah, which is something that I appreciate. I didn't appreciate then as much because. As even though he had that encouragement for me, like we said, we were surrounded yeah. by that standard. But he's a redneck. Like he <laughs> he he's American, a redneck, and he's fully Laotian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I didn't have so my nickname came from my dad. It's just Ali. Yeah, it, he would call me Ali, like Eliana. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. Like the way Laotian people say people's names, like even if. You know, they, they have their own pronunciation of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, my dad named me and he still said it like mm-hmm. Ali. Mm-hmm. So that I thought he was saying Ali. Yeah. It was actually him just saying Ali. Mm-hmm. I, I completely misunderstood my own dad. But it, but Ali looks like it fits you up. <laughs> I guess it does. Happy yeah. endings, question mark? I do, be, I do be looking like an Ali. You way. do look like an Ali. I just... <laughs> 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 yeah, my it's funny with the like long name pronunciation, like um Aiden, my brother, you know, yeah. he would pronounce A ten, like you know, really? ten, like letter A in ten. Oh. Mine was they wouldn't say like Myla, like my la, they would say Mala. Oh yeah, you know, like it sounds southern. It sounds like 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 southern and they would mix it. so we have Myla and then we also have like Marla. Um, oh, you know, like, yeah. and they would always mix us up because they, we would hear it and it literally sounds the same. Like, we'd be like, Mala, Mala, and they'd be like, all of us would just turn around. Be like, no, 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 I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to her. I'm like, it sounds the same. It's not about how maybe her name is just an interpretation of Mila. I never thought they, about that. They, um, if there's people that are named like similar to each other, it's it's the same person. I've got yeah. so many people who have the same last like pronunciation as La, like I don't know, Kayla, um, Tyra. Like they, I got called Kayla so many times because they what? think it's just they're like it's there's too many la la la. They there's the Mala Kayla oh Mala. And I'm like oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, okay, go back to calling me Itui, I guess. I just, no, <laughs> no, give me some, give me some okay. personality. <laughs> so that's how people confuse you. People would confuse me because I'm a rounder person and I'm short 
and they they would confuse me for Dina. Oh, really? I don't even look like Dina. <laughs> she has lighter skin than me, and she does her makeup like all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't look anything like her. Sometimes I just question a lot of people in our community. They'll be like, "Oh my god, so and so," and it'd be like, "Not me," and I'm just like. I don't know how to react to that. I don't like. I don't like how the adults talk to us, and when we yeah. don't respond the way that they want us to, mm-hmm. they they think we're being disrespectful. But like you oh, came yeah. at us, mm-hmm. you came at us saying, "Oh, Ellie, you lost weight." Yeah, I'm like no, don't talk I was to like, about that. yeah, like I'm. I don't care. Yeah, I never even like approach them about that when they point these things out to me because when they say that. It's because they used to call me fat. Yeah. Or, and then they would be like, how come you won't lose weight? Da, da, da. Like, you weren't a part of my journey. You yeah. weren't there when I starved myself. Yeah. You weren't there when I was actually trying to be healthy. You're just taking credit for the work that I put in. That's what it feels like. Like, now they want to be friendly, right? Like, oh, you lost weight because I told you to. I'm like, no, I lost weight because I wanted to. Or, like, because the pressures were too much. Or, you know, like... If you're going to take credit for anything, take credit for the toxic, like, attitudes that you had towards me or oh my gosh, the yeah. things that weren't, like, okay, but you did it anyways. But I just think that the whole idea of losing weight and being slimmer and everything is just so, so it's, annoying. It's not the right direction to go yeah. when it comes to losing weight at all. Like, here's something that I'm guilty of is when I see a child that is, you know like bigger i'm like oh man like it's gonna suck for them because everyone else is like skinny and that's the standard Mm -hmm. but the and that's wrong of me to think i'm starting to become like those adults Mm -hmm. instead it should be that we teach people to be comfortable with their bodies Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean to stay you know overweight Rather, you know, if you're comfortable with your body, you wouldn't do it harm. Yeah. You will start to want to take care of it. Yeah. So, like, I guess, like, a good example is that that you wouldn't do things necessary for your parents. Because when you have appearance, a lot of people want to do it quick. So, when I was Mm -hmm. younger, I really wanted to be skinnier. So, I would go on these crazy fad diets. Like, um, you know, you have go vegan for, like, a month or two do the military diet which is so dangerous like it was so, <laughs> the keto so diet yeah i did keto i still do keto I'm, I'm, I'm a victim i'm a victim you are a victim i'm, I'm, a victim you I'm calling you out oh now. my god no <laughs> that was like a, the like a keto for instance or like the military diets i even did fasting for like two days like no food two days and it was all because i wanted to lose weight and then and it was weird because my family or friends would like um, not friends but like people in the community would encourage that oh, they'd be like no. yeah basically starve yourself but you'll be skinny you were yeah. starving yeah yourself. and I was just like oh that's okay because I'll be fine after like just you know hold it until then but it didn't do me any good because the reason why they're called yo-yo diets is because it doesn't work and you go over and over these diets yeah. again but it's not a um, a good strategy to have like how do you say like what's the word when things are sustainable like a sustainable yeah it's it's not sustainable yeah it's not sustainable the your weight it will fluctuate yeah it will fluctuate so even if you lose like 20 pounds from this diet you're gonna hit a <laughs> wall basically and, and you'll get it back yeah you'll get it back because your body's not used to that that's not the yeah. maintaining weight because yep. you lost it so quick so no nope. yeah. i was like a sucker for um most of every fad diet there was just because um 
of the pressures growing up and about weight loss and everything. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't so into fad diets. At least I understood. I thought that they were kind of scammy, but I still resorted. I was like, ah, there's too many semantics. There's too many instructions. I'm not reading this. I'll just starve myself. <laughs> and and that's what I would do. I would just starve myself for like three, four days and just drink only water. And I would just be like, my eyes would be sunken and I would not want to leave my room. Mm-hmm. And and then I would get compliments from compliments, quotes mm-hmm. from people like my mom and everyone else in the community and it just never felt right because i was like this is what they're condoning yeah and it's just not okay like it if if you want to take care of your body and like do a healthier route just you know don't do anything sudden you know it's a progressive a slow progressive um way like journey basically yeah uh the reason why people are always like, oh, it's not great to lose like more than I think four pounds is some people even say two pounds a month. Mm-hmm. They say relatively you're going to have to lose around one to two pounds a month in order to sustain that weight mm-hmm. for the course of the rest of your life. So it's a very slow progress, but everyone's just wanting it now, now, now. Like true, they don't give you time to breathe, basically. <laughs> no. And and that's why I feel like they find it so easy to just be like jip, you know, these weird um, things to say. Mm-hmm. Like when they, they chip at us about things that we're probably already insecure about. Mm-hmm. That's why they say it. Because they feel like it'll just fix it immediately. Mm-hmm. But have you ever gotten compared to like, I mean, I'm sure both of us have with like growing up and having that experience. But getting compared to people who are skinnier, especially within the family, you get treated better if you're skinnier. Um, I didn't, I think I did, I did get compared to people, not within my family, because my family's kind of, like, small. Yeah. But I was compared to people very often by my mom. My dad would get at my mom for stuff like that, because it's not right. But he would also, like, compare his kids to each other, mm-hmm. so he was kind of wrong sometimes, too. But, like, the skinny thing, yeah, I would get compared to Amy, Mm-hmm. I would get compared to um, older kids, but it's like they're older. I'm like mm-hmm. 12. What do I do exactly. about it? I don't know. With that, I am within my family. It was always the skinnier like siblings or relatives, like cousins and everything who got treated better. And probably. yeah, they would always just be like, oh, why can't you be like them? Like if you probably worked out more, you'd probably be like them. But like those, those people wouldn't work out either. Mm-hmm. It was just genetics. Like oh my all gosh. of it was mostly genetics. They were always like that growing up. And it's just like, if you look at their parents, of course they're going to turn out like that because their parents were like that, Yeah, you know? And so you just, people who don't have those genetics will just have to work harder. And even if I'm like doing something, they're like, oh, you aren't doing hard, like working hard enough because you don't look like them yet. And it's just so (laughs) annoying and so frustrating, always getting compared and just minding your own business. And then having like a relative or someone come up to you and just be like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, you're looking a little chubby today. I'm like, I didn't ask. (laughs) I didn't ask for your opinion. It's funny because they would be like, you should work out. And then and they would have like 
beer guts and just like you oh know, yeah exactly they wouldn't be necessarily healthy healthy themselves yeah. exactly but it was okay to judge us but we're not allowed to judge them because we're supposed to be respectful to our elders <laughs> despite how rude and wrong they can be okay listen when i was um you know at the gym consistently with you and amy mm-hmm. that was one of the best parts of my life mm-hmm. not because i was losing weight or anything i just felt really good about my health yeah and yeah. i mean my thighs <laughs> they were good mm-hmm. it was good you know i was squatting i was what was it astagrass <laughs> what was it oh uh, what was it called um reaching that reaching squat debt the like i was touching the ground you know yeah basically and um i would explain to my mom like what i was doing in the gym she's like why would you do that why do you why do you want bigger thighs or like a bigger butt i would always tell my mom like i'm still weightlifting to this day yeah they're just like why would you want bigger legs like why don't you focus on not building muscle and being skinnier because i just she said that they would always say stuff like that not only like my parents but like other mm. relatives like grandmother and everything they, they they just they just never understood why i like weightlifting and they're like why do you want to build they muscle why don't you work on being petite and small and slim what? And I was like, maybe i don't want to have you ever thought of that exactly <laughs> no just, i don't know that always frustrated me growing up because i'm for now like me going to the gym uh, relatively like i would go three times a week but i'd stay for a couple hours for those three days um i feel like i'm doing pretty good with like going to the gym and having a schedule and everything but i my goal for it wasn't necessarily to be skinnier it was for me to build muscle basically and yeah, build like certain exactly. muscle groups same um, but they just never understood that <laughs> no exactly they they my mom is exactly the same with the response i was just surprised that your parents or your family would like comment like that Mm -hmm. considering you know you're doing something that's good for your health and also you enjoy it that's why you still do it like they should want you to be able to protect yourself Mm -hmm. that's what that's what the best part of weightlifting is you're getting muscle exactly you could punch someone out a good (laughs) one too that's what I wanted. That's the whole reason why I love weightlifting. Yeah. And just being able to go to the gym and like being able to just have like PRs and personal records and beating them like the next week yeah. after. It's just a climbing experience and a journey, like a bettering myself. But yeah. of course, people in the community don't see it like that. They always no. see it as um, you're doing worse for yourself by making your appearance. It's always appearance, which is, of course, it's subjective. One thing that's like solid is health. So as long as I'm staying healthy and active, then it's okay for me. But for them, I, I think I learned part of growing up for me was learning and accepting that the community's not going to change. No, <laughs> no. I'm not going to change for the community. No. If anything, I'm just going to have to keep being me and not letting these things affect me. And if any of the people who are wanting a way out or suffering with these things they can listen to this podcast and know that other people are suffering with them and that it will oh, be, absolutely it'll be okay in the end because that that stuff doesn't matter when you get older no it doesn't mm-hmm. it's just they're trying to impose these really toxic standards in a laotian american society which doesn't work the same as a laotian society yeah because even the laotian society that was sustaining these standards still excommunicated a lot of people and it and it was easy for them because those people would just keep to themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. 
And now that they're in America, when they do excommunicate people, like, you know who those people are. We know people in our community that, you know, kind of like are left out by them mm-hmm. and and they're fine. You know, we we can live without it. It's just them not just being like ocean, but just being like so privileged with their thoughts, thinking that they have a right to our journey in life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that's just one thing that I really want to talk about with the beauty standards is that it's really impactful with people's mental health. And it's just so damaging to yeah. grow up into these standards and then having your like uh, your self-esteem being blown away because of someone else's thoughts. And you don't know how to formulate like your own mindset and like thought processes because it's so dependent on the community. And yeah, I just, I had to learn it growing up. I had to teach myself how to not listen to what people are saying and like not listen to the toxic, you know, standards that are placed on me when I was little and trying to run away from it. But it's very hard because it was so ingrained in my own personality. Like I have struggles of self-judgment every single day, you know? True. You do. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) But it's such a struggle, but I'm I'm glad we were able to touch up on this one today. Yeah, that's true. I don't think the... Um, okay, so we got a lot of these negative things from, you know, our parents. Yeah. It, it's even more reason for me to not want to be a parent. Oh myself. my goodness, yes. I feel like we... I've always had this conversation with people who are in the community is that they, even though they would like to have kids growing up, when you come from families or communities that don't always have the best ideas or like the best, yeah, they're not the most accepting. Yeah, they're not the most accepting. It's so much harder to have a family while also leaving behind and recognizing the bad traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so scared that if I, when I become a parent, I'm going to unconsciously adopt these bad practices. I swore I would never do. So I think that was the struggle. When people ask me, oh, when are you, like, you know, what what are your plans in life? When are you going to get married? When are you going to find someone? I mean, you know, they would always say, um, when are you going to find a guy to settle down with and be, have a family and everything? And honestly, my answer to that is I don't know if I even want to have a family just because how scary it is to have a family and treat them like we were treated growing up i just don't want that for them you or, know or just exposing them to the community because yeah. as soon as they're born that is they're, they're going to be the comment they're going to hear every comment that i heard from everyone exactly, else yeah and not I'm, just me mm-hmm. i don't want to have my child in that environment and i just think that before before we become parents which we still have like I mean, less than a decade, basically. What? The timeline. Oh, no. It's the timeline, oh, you know, less than a decade to have I, a family and if everything. If I had kids, I'd be, yeah, I'd be 50. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be. I think that it's so crazy, though, that everything's on a schedule and on a, like, you know, a strict... Yeah, like a milestone. Yeah, a milestone. Like, you're supposed to have kids before 28. That's 28 to 30 is the range of where kids are. Like, you're married and you have to have kids. And I know, and I'm just not there yet. Like, I just don't think that I would be comfortable with having kids with how things are right now. I definitely think if 
things improve in the future, you know, generation wise, they start understanding how what it's like to live here and not only live here, but like understand the generational like differences, then I'll be a little bit more comfortable having like my child enter into this world. But right now it's not the best time and you know what despite having just explained yourself as to why you didn't want a kid they'll still say you never know yes I'm- <laughs> every single time oh, you don't know that you don't know that like it'll be like you yes you i do like, i, do I know, know that, that right now i'm yeah. allowed to feel that way right now yeah do you want me to have a kid is that why you say that yeah it's always like you know you have to pass down the family name the family bloodline like what if i want the bloodline to stop right here <laughs> i yeah, have that power i don't mind i don't mind stopping it mm-hmm. shoot because like the point if there is a legacy to be had i will share that with anybody that mm-hmm. so politely asks mm-hmm. in the most reserved respectful way but like with the kid that's a whole different mess mm-hmm. look they they couldn't handle being an immigrant and raising a kid at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how it affected us. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't even know half of what it's like to, you know, work and take care of a kid at the same time and be married. Yeah. I think this is the one thing that I want to touch on again, but I babysit basically. So um, I babysit as a side like job here while I'm still a full time student. Um, and babysitting for children in, I don't want to say like necessarily stable families, but a stable family structure is insane to me. I have a family that a nuclear I family. Yeah, like a nuclear family. I have a family that everyone's so well behaved. The kids are so well behaved. They know like <laughs> they know to when to wake up. They do this at certain times, like eating dinner at certain times, which for us, it was always you know it was late and they would cook dinner and we would just grab it and go like we wouldn't have to sit with each other at dinner or anything or just do this and that we didn't necessarily have like bedtimes or curfews it was just kind of like it's dark go to bed (laughs) yeah my parents were always just like it's dark go to bed get off the phone blah blah blah. Mm. but we didn't have like set times like you had to be in bed by 7 30 blah 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 um but it was really weird being able to I know it's kind of depressing, but when you go babysit these families, they're actually like stable and they are a lot different dynamic wise than Laotian family structures. And a part of that is that, you know, growing up the Laotian family structure, it was just really odd because we wouldn't have, I guess we wouldn't necessarily be a so-called like traditional family like we wouldn't do things that are traditionally what you see as a family especially in america yeah that's Um, what i was gonna say it sounds like uh as first gen we're just comparing our experiences to a family that's privileged enough to have lived in this country for like generations Mm -hmm. It, it's just really odd going and seeing these families and they're doing things with each other. They have movie nights, they have dinner oh, together, stuff that. like that, you know? Yeah, I see. And then with our family, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure it was the same for you too because me and you, like, we basically kind of semi-grew up in the same community is that whenever it was the weekends, party time. So, yeah, it is you know, time. not to expose our communities, but our Laotian people are very party central and 
Party city. Yeah, party city. Party city. Their relations are party city. Uh-huh. And they we would all they would always take the kids to those parties at people's houses and they would have like they let the kids run loose while they went to go drink or play like, you know, poker or something with the rest of their um friends. But yeah. the kids would always stick together. In the same kids' yeah. room. In the same kids', kids room, room that were designated, we would run around and stuff. And oh my gosh, one thing that I remember growing up was I would always fall asleep at people's houses. And I was always named that growing up. They is my friends because yeah, I would get tired it was, as a kid you get tired okay <laughs> I didn't you <laughs> did I did all the time and so whenever we were at like um my like one of the uncle's houses yeah I would always sleep on the couch behind the ladies who were playing cards like oh, it was always that always so loud yeah and they were always so loud but my I think I got used to it because wow. I would just fall asleep like that was my white noise machine right there no hitting them go um, flip the card go ah and i thought it was so funny though because they would leave me because they couldn't lift me huh? they would leave me at these people's houses when I was little. What the heck? i'd wake up and i'd be at someone's house and i'm just like where are my parents That's where so is everything wrong. and then they would show up like they would show up and be like okay i'm here to pick you up because you finally woke up and or they would try to if i didn't wake up they would leave me there and then i would be so traumatized of course yeah and i was like who is this person where am i and oh so i'm like they i was almost the person that fell asleep on the couch so i hated going to parties because i couldn't help it and all my friends knew this they're like oh my gosh here she goes again she's gonna go fall asleep on the couch again that's funny but it's so crazy though that like you know a lot of american families aren't like that like they're not gonna take their kids like they're to that's like true. people's houses unless it's like a lunch event or like a that's, evening not evening but afternoon event that's what was weird to me yeah the way like you say it's an interesting experience you know babysitting a family mm-hmm. like that for me it was always interesting no, it was weird to me that when I would get like birthday invitations um, and like elementary school, they would give you the time, the place. And then I would be like, oh, there's a time that it starts yes. or there's a time when they take out the birthday cake. There's a time when yeah. they're watching a movie at the same event. It's not like avant-garde at all. It's all organized and structured. I think I think that's completely weird. I can't, I can't think about that. It's just like, even if they say like, oh, we'll have dinner at six o'clock, everyone's going to either show up early or really, really late. Cause people yeah. are like, oh, I'm going to show up early to help out. And it's exactly. going to be full house at like 3 PM. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, there's no structure. And it's so like, it's so, I don't know what is the cause of the lack of structure in Laotian communities. Um, um, but I think also another thing is just everything is supposed to be known like you it feels like you're you're supposed to be born into that knowledge it's it's like honestly i think it's just a vibe yeah <laughs> no no like really like they just catch each other's vibes like they know they gotta have food out yeah they know they're gonna have cards out a new deck mm-hmm. everything and they just vibe with each other because you know they're working people mm-hmm. and they just want to break they just want to have fun but like the apparently the structured schedule dynamic actually comes from like industri- military industrial mm. complex. Okay. That and that's why we see that so often in these white American cultures. Is mm. why it's so like scheduled. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Exactly. Whoa. I like now that it makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I yeah. Think, like, with us, it's just there's nothing. 
like with my family it's just kind of like it happens when it happens you yes, know exactly exactly because they want to emphasize punctuality yeah. in in american school systems so that it's easy so that they know we're obeying basically. yeah we don't have any type of we don't have that yeah, because have that. i mean culturally and historically laotian people have always been like vibey you know mm-hmm. like not carefree, but, you know... They do it depending on the situation. The situation, exactly. It's just as it is. Like, if you are to meet, they 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 would give a time, probably. But it's, like, if you can make it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, like, that's that's what's so, like, um, laissez-faire about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Like, uh, it's just so different, though. I... I didn't think it was going to be such a culture shock babysitting for like American <laughs> yeah. families and then seeing how different things are. Because sometimes the kids will be correcting me like, we don't do that in this household, you know, like, <laughs> do you not do this? I'm like, no. Like, if we're one, okay, another, this is what's what did they do? Dishwashers. Oh, you never. They use dishwashers? Exactly. A lot. Okay. They're going to be lazy. <laughs> See, the thing is, people like use dishwashers. American people use dishwashers. We lazy people never use dishwashers. You know what the dishwashers yeah. are actually for. For storage. Only storage and stacking dishes. Only storage. Not even, I don't even, we don't even stack dishes in there sometimes. We just like use it for storage if you don't really yeah so when they saw like when they would see me wash dishes by hand and everything like what are you doing we have a dishwasher for that i'm like oh i don't know like what am i supposed to do in that situation i think but the first time i actually used the dishwasher was last year oh really yeah and i had to call up one of my american friends and just be like how do you use this thing i was like I don't know how to use a dishwasher. Like, what? Well, how am I supposed to use this? I'm so confused. I don't so I was just like, yeah, because I was washing dishes. I'm like, oh, you don't have to. Like, I was saying in my cousin's house, they're like, oh, you're not. You don't have to do that. We have dishwashers. I was like, okay. And so I was like trying to load it, and then I had no idea how to do it. No, I don't <laughs> talk. And they're just like a lot of times they're like, oh, you don't do this, you know. That's you know that's different. That's just like, different. Oh, just say you're ethnic. I know. I know. <laughs> They're like, wow, this person's like kind of ethnic, aren't they? Kind of quirky. <laughs> <laughs> kind of quirky and ethnic. Exactly. I just think it's kind of funny though how like the cultural differences and everything. But it's how we were, we grew up. Yeah, it's a lot of it. But you know, of course, like everything we talked about today growing up with certain things not always the you know not everything that we grew up with was you know amazing amazing or correct or like not toxic you know there's yeah. gonna be times where it's gonna be toxic and there's yeah you just have to be able to decipher them i think that's the one thing that i want to take away from this podcast today is that you know there's some good and there's some bad in our culture and um in the traditions that we have but i think a growing process for growing um like getting older and becoming an adult is being able to decipher decipher the good and the bad yeah um, exactly knowing, like the intentions behind why our family does certain things or why our family says certain things and really understanding where they come from and knowing if it's like good or bad but <laughs> exactly it, it's it's just really about analyzing because Instead of, like, demonizing my parents for how they, you know, treated me or raised me that I may take offense to, mm-hmm. I also have to at least be fair and understand their perspective. Mm-hmm. Though I don't, I, I don't have to forgive them for that. I still at least understand where it's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, 
do we have anything else we want to say for the remainder of the podcast? Um, I feel pretty complete. Yeah, I think I feel pretty complete with this one, too. We mostly touch about beauty standards and, like, just our experiences growing up and just yeah. having the weird culture shock of family dynamics and everything. I think it's just so interesting being able to talk about our different experiences. Because even though you're not late, like, I mean, sorry. Even I'm though you're late, I'm fully white. Even though you're late, we don't share every experience is the same. It's very broad, you know? It is. It is, actually. I am surprised by some of the stuff you've told me. Yeah. And I think it's just like family structure, too. Like, from where our family was in Laos. I kind of wish that I could dive deeper into that, but there's just no, like, tangible records True. that we can look mm-hmm. into. We just have to do everything by word of mouth. Um, but, yeah. So, I guess that's what we're all, all going to talk about today. And I think that today was a pretty good conversation, in my opinion. I think I we had such a good conversation. It was High five. Woo! But, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's podcast. Of course, next week, same time, Tuesday at 3 p.m., we'll have our fourth episode of the Talkative Laotian podcast. I just want to, again, thank everyone for reaching this far in and just being able to support us and just help us reach our goals and our initiatives. We're really just trying to make a change in the community or even if it's really difficult to or seems impossible even, I, it's the fact that people are talking about it and it's being yes. acknowledged that um, is making the most like change basically. Yes. So again, how prevalent or the lack of written down like history mm-hmm. in Laotian culture, it's everything's based through word of mouth. That's why like, you know, the talkative Laotians, Laotians are just so talkative. Yeah. You don't need the records anyway. Yeah, you don't need the records. Like they'll everything. Tell you. They'll tell you. Exactly. Just ask your grandma. Yeah. She'll tell you the complete history of Laos. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> just sit down with them. Like if I'm yeah, it's the text to speech. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's another thing. It's just since we're like such a oral like history community, it's just nice being able to have a podcast. I feel like that's the most fitting platform or media yeah. for 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 yeah. the ocean for latest tours yeah exactly yeah. so i think that's just really interesting but yeah thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast please keep in touch for next week's episode and of course stay on um keep updated with the talking of layers and instagram page and facebook too yes all right but thank you guys so much again Woo! whoa whoa let's go whoa. <laughs>